but yet the Lord has kept us safe for yet another day in which we are truly grateful for that. We want to begin a new series. What do I do with my glasses? On oh, my head. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, begin begin a series. Uh, and honestly, I don't know how many parts it's going to be. We're going to kind of um, play it by year tonight and uh, see how far we get. We're, the title of uh, this series is 50 Shades of Grace. 50 Shades of Grace. Not gray, but of grace. Amen. What we want to gain from uh, this study is ways to please God. To have a life that God is, uh, can look at us as his child, and we are doing what we can to please him, to make God happy. And this is what we're going to be talking about for the next uh, couple of weeks. And we will begin with, uh, I will tell you now, you should list, list uh up to 50, 1 through 50, on your sheet of paper so that um, you can go back to each one of these and uh, review at your, at your discretion. So you start your Bible study by listing 1 through 50, and then I will give you uh, the scripture that we are going for, and then we will read it, that part, and explain that part when we get there. Again, 50 Shades of Grace. We begin, our number one is found in Matthew chapter 3, and I'm going to try to keep these sequentially listed so that uh, there's no direct order uh, which we need to go and uh, so but I'm going to try to keep them as sequential as far as so we'll be moving forward from Matthew chapter 3 to 4 to 5 like that and then on to John and so forth and on so on but it'll be in progressive steps so Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 15 Matthew chapter 3 and verse 15 And it reads like this. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, and here's the key, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. That's the, then he suffered him. Now this is the part I want to, 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 uh, to hone in on. It becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. It becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, when we read this text, and automatically most of you realize that this is a time 
at the time was when Jesus had come uh, near to John in uh, the Jordan River where John, where John was baptizing and uh, John saw him as he was coming and said, Behold, uh, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. So John recognized him as the Lord and Savior. Now, uh, John was not confused of who he was. Others had tried to say that John may be the Messiah. He said, No, I am not he. I'm not even worthy to unlatch this, uh, latch this, the, uh, his sandals. But he said, there's one that's coming after me. And so he, uh, he identified Jesus Christ as the one and the only Messiah, the child of God. Now, the issue uh, it is, is why would Jesus, the son of God, need to be baptized? And the answer is very simple. He did not. He did not need to be baptized. He didn't. He had not sinned. He uh, it, and and to be honest with you, to be very candid, there is no salvation simply in baptism alone. But Jesus did it. He said, because it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Let me do what is the precept and the example that I should do, not because I need it, but because it is right. He said to, to fulfill all righteousness, that it is the right thing to do. Again, there is no salvation in baptism alone, but it is uh, an example of that you have been set aside and made a choice in your life, and therefore he was fulfilling that which is right. So in our 50 ways to please God, number one ought to be to fulfill all righteousness, to do what is right, because it is right. It's easier to do what is right when, because others see you, but what do you do when you're not being seen or watched by others? That is what this scripture literally means, to do what is right because it is right. Secondly, number two on the 50 Shades of Grace, we want to look at the, the next chapter four in Matthew and verse number four. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You will, I'm going to... Uh, kind of step away from what I said earlier for those of you that have Bibles. I'm still going to come back to Matthew, but I wanted you to know the origin of this scripture that we read. Where was it first recorded? Go in the Old Testament, if you will, to Deuteronomy 8 and 3. It's in your Old Testament book. And, and we're going to compare the, the two. Now, that's, I'm doing this because there's something I want you to get out of this. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Deuteronomy 8 and 3. Are you there with me? He said, the scripture says, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Okay, we got that? This is the New Testament. This is where the New Testament Jesus repeats what was said in the, in the Old Testament. Now, let's understand the setting of what was going on here. In Deuteronomy, this is where the children of uh, Israel had wandered in the wilderness. They wandered there 40 years. But day by day, they knew not what would they would have to eat or to sustain themselves. But each day, the Lord delivered them a meal, and it was called manna. Last week we talked about it, uh, about manna, and we talked about the, uh, the color of manna being white and so forth and so on, but here is the point I'm trying to, to get to. He said uh, in Deuteronomy, he said, uh, that, you did not, that you did not know what it, what it was, neither did your fathers know, that, but, uh, they, that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. Now get this, that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Where am I going with this? They were eating daily from whatever God sent to them, but obviously what he sent to them came from his mouth. God pro proclaimed everything into being that ever existed. He did so by creating the heavens, the earth, and light, and darkness, and everything except man, by speaking the word. And so daily, he's saying that you shall not live by bread alone, the natural bread, but by the substance that is provided from the mouth of God. Now, we do know that it is that, that, that uh, way in which man became a living soul until God had molded and made and shaped and put him in everything uh, way he was supposed to be, he could not exist until, Scripture says, he breathed into him the breath of life. So everything we need comes from the mouth of the breath or from the mouth of God. Our bread, our spirit, whatever we need is spoken out of the word of the Lord. And more so, we need that more so than bread he didn't say you didn't need bread. He said bread alone. Because the, the model prayer of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he said, give us our bread, daily bread, which is also with the concept of what we talked about in the wilderness. They did not have a refrigerator. They didn't have a, 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 a deep freezer. They didn't have a pantry. They didn't have a way of storing food. They only got what they needed day by day. And I wonder if we were to live according to that, realizing that uh, all that we are promised is right here and right now, and being thankful for that, 
Would we live uh, our lives uh, better uh, by not complicating it with what's going to happen two weeks from now or a month from now and so forth and so on? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Now let's go to our third way of the 50 shades of grace, our third, number three, and how to please God. Matthew 4, you're still in Matthew chapter 4, and verse number 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee behind hence, Satan, for it is written, what? Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall serve. This is the way that we can please God, is by only serving him. What all have we made uh, gods in our lives? And I'm not talking about capital G-O-D, I mean little G-O-D. What have we worshipped? What have we, we uh, desired to have the most Power, prestige, popularity, the biggest house, the biggest car, the biggest, fattest bank account. These things we have come to rely on and uh, desire and to worship and look after. Because, but, but the Bible says, and the Word of God says, do not uh, worship these things. As a matter of fact, even angels, which are celestial beings, the Bible specifically says, do not worship them. There is only one that we ought to worship, and that is the Lord thy God. It said, and him only. And him, him only. Now, let's look at, uh, why I probably, if I asked you what would be the one of the main verses that you would, that we would seek to please God, you probably would come up with this one on your own. Matthew 6, and verse 33. Matthew 6, and verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is a kingdom? How do you have a kingdom? A kingdom, obviously the first thing we need to know is just break the word in half. The first thing you have to have is a king. And the king simply is the ruler. Someone that is in authority. The, the dumb is the land or the territory. You have to have a kingdom, you have to have territory. We have to have a ruler, we have to have a, a spear or, ter or territory, and then we have to have those that serve, have to have servants. All of this is required in order to have a kingdom. But what scripture tells us is for us to seek this kingdom, this territory, this spear, 
where God is the ruler and that we are servants. Seek to be that and his righteousness. And then everything you need shall be added unto you. If what else shall be, shall be added unto you. Seek ye first his kingdom, his rule, his authority, and be ye servants of God. And where will his rule extend? Where would be the kingdom of God? Again, we go to the, uh, the model prayer of Jesus Christ that was done in the sixth chapter uh, of, uh, of Matthew. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, where? In earth, as it is in heaven. His will is already being done in heaven. Everything there is doing, everything that they're supposed to do, they're singing praise to God all the time. But we need your will, your kingdom also established in earth as it is in heaven. And notice it says in earth, it doesn't say on earth. It says in earth that his kingdom is established. And we are responsible, we are responsible as servants of the king, servants of the authority, we are the ones to extend or expand his kingdom here on earth. How, how are we to do that? Glad you asked because that's next number five. Number five on 50 Shades of Grace. Number five is found in Matthew chapter nine. How do we extend this kingdom? Matthew chapter nine. Verse number 38. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send for the laborers into his harvest. We have to pray, we have to work, we have to seek in all of this for the extension of the kingdom of God to be, to do his will in earth as his will is being done in heaven. It puts an awesome responsibility on us as believers because uh, the sad reality of, uh, but yet it is true, is most of us uh, as believers uh, are satisfied with knowing that we are saved ourselves but don't recognize that it is our job, it is our responsibility to become witnesses and servants and laborers to bring, in, bring others to Christ. That, that is part of what we signed up for. Now, get this. I mean, see, there's a difference. There's a difference between a tes being a testimony and, and, and witnessing. There's a difference between testifying and witnessing. What we call witnessing is actually te testifying. Testifying is when you speak before people or peers like you, other believers like you, and you relate how good God has been to you. That's great, that's wonderful. 
But that's not, that's not saving souls. You're talking to people that are hopefully already saved. To be a witness, you have to speak to someone that is not saved about Jesus Christ in order that they become saved. That's witnessing. If, you, if we are, we can, we can talk about how good Jesus is to us, to all of the deacons and all of the preachers and so forth and so on. And that's, that's, that's wonderful testimony. If you're telling the truth, it's not a test of lie. That's good. It's good to do that. But we, we have to extend beyond in the sanctuary, beyond among those who are like us, uh, like kind, and trying to impress them, but to witness to others. And witnessing always, get this, if you don't get nothing as I said, get this tonight, witnessing is always about Jesus. See, when we testify, a lot of times we can testify about us. Am I right? I know, I know, my, we, we talk about us, what happened to us, what happened for us. But when you witness, it's witnessing about Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, uh, also, he says, seek your first kingdom of God, right? Number five, we went to Matthew 9 and 8. We're going to pray for the Lord, send the harvest, and the harvest both labors. Number six, in order to please God. Number six, John chapter three, John chapter three, and verse number seven. The gospel of John chapter three and verse number seven. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Ye must be born again. Believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are born twice and we never die. Our bodies, yes, our bodies are left behind with a separation of body and spirit. But if you remember, Jesus said that you will not even see death. Am I right, Nestor? That's right. But in how, how long does it take in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye? Thinking to change, but oh, we, we are transformed or translated from here to there. We shall not even see death. Is death a reality? Yes. Death is a reality for this body, but death is not a reality for your soul. The two things that Jesus conquered doing uh, from, uh, with his resurrection, he conquered both death and the grave. Oh, grave, where is your victory? There is no victory. You have no victory over me. Death, where is the stain? You have no more stain. I got, I got it. I, your stain. I took the sting out of death. You remember the, 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 the story, uh, the story I, I, I told uh, many times about a man riding in this car with his son, and the car and the bee got in, into the car when they got out, and when they drove off, the bee was still in the car, and it was buzzing, zzz, zzz, 
have been scaring the young boy. And the boy said, Daddy, Daddy, there's a bug, and he has a bug. Daddy said, don't worry, son, don't worry, son. He kept bug flying around and humming around, and after a while, he got on the side where Daddy was driving in the window, and the Daddy put his hand up on that right there in the bee. And the bee went zzzz, and they stung Dad. And Daddy took his hand off and let the, the bug fly around. And the, the bee said, Dad, uh, son said to the daddy, Dad, but you didn't kill him. You could have killed him. He said, no, my mother. I didn't have to kill him. He can't do you no more harm. I took the sting. is in my hand. The sting is in my hand. And therefore, he can't hurt you anymore. All he can do is buzz and make a lot of noise. But he cannot harm you anymore. And so this is what Jesus did with death. He took the sting away from death so that you nor I have to fear death anymore because grave doesn't have a victory and death doesn't have a sting. Therefore, when we are born twice, twice born, born of the flesh, born of the spirit, when we are twice born, but we never die. Twice born and never die. Number seven, 50 shades of grace. Number seven, the Gospel of John, chapter four, and verse number 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, that's how you. That's how we, God wants us to worship Him. If remember in number three, "Thou shalt worship the Lord and only Him." Now, how do you worship Him in spirit and in truth? Listen. Uh, uh, I, I I can sing to hear the words of. Uh, the, of Paul echoing out to Timothy, his son in faith. And he says, he says to him, because that Timothy was a young preacher, if you will, uh, he was beginning to get a little disheartened by what others were doing or saying or so forth and so on. And, and Paul wrote to him and said, listen, there are times when you have to stir up the gift. The, the, the spirit is there in you. I know it because it's in your mother, Eunice. I know it was in your grandmother. And it's also in you. But there are times, Melinda, when you have to stir it up. There are times when the, the spirit of God that abides in us. And we want to, you may even come to church some Sunday dragging or drooping or whatever it may be because you are down from some of the experience. But if you get in the right frame of spirit and the right frame of mind, hey, and, and, and all of a sudden you're having an intimate worship experience with God, not about who's around you, not about what the choir is doing or not doing, but because you have an intimate relationship with God in this moment that you are in the spirit and doing it in truth. See, that, that one thing that, that, that the enemy just, just cannot, cannot, cannot take away from us 
no matter what our circumstances, no matter where we may be. It was John imprisoned and placed on an island called Patmos. And it was there that he recognized that it was the Lord's day, that it was uh, the Lord's day, which we call, what he calls Sunday. And everything that had happened all that week didn't, ha didn't matter. John said it was, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And that's when he revealed this to me. He said that to me. Because truth be told, unless you worship in spirit and in truth, you ain't going to really hear nothing from God. But when you're in spirit and in truth, he will reveal things to you. Am I right? Well, I know I'm right. I know. He'll reveal who and who not you ought to associate with. Yeah, yeah that's, why he, that's why he said us to do it. He said, listen, try the spirit by the spirit. There are some folks that your spirits just don't connect with. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah because, uh, because that, 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 that you're not able to connect with because yeah, they be, they, you may assume or say that they're not in spirit or in truth or they're some form of, 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 of being phony. Uh, but he said, when you know it, you can recognize it. When you have it, you can recognize somebody else. You can recognize the anointing that God has on their life. You know, there ought to be a difference in your workplace, wherever you are. Where, there ought to be a difference when you come in the room. They ought to realize there's some things they ain't going to do, ain't going to say, ain't going to act about when you're in the, in the room. Not because you're a preacher, but because you're a believer, because you are a child of God, because you are walking in the anointing of the Lord. You have been born again, and you worship God in spirit and in truth. Number eight of these 50 Shades of Grace. Acts chapter 2. Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 and verse 38. Again, I say this, this is, not a, this is in the order of, of, of progression, not in order of uh, following the sequence where I'm going from Matthew to John to Acts progressively, not in the sequence in which things ought to occur. He said, one, you must be born again and worship the Lord and Spirit and truth, but Acts 8 says, repent and be baptized. Now, obviously, that would be prior to. You would be for to do this first. And then you would be, after you be born again, then you would repent and be baptized, and then you would worship the Lord, Spirit, and truth. But again, I'm trying to keep it in order of uh, scripturally. So this is one of the things that we must do in order to please God, to repent and to be baptized. While we're there in Acts, let's move over up to the fifth chapter. Chapter 5 and... Verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Number nine, obey God rather than man. 
obey God rather than man. There, uh, uh, they can, there are some things that you ought to have a conviction about. There are some things that uh, you, you just are not willing to compromise on. There are certain things that you're not going to just step aside and allow and let it happen. I, I'm going to give an example uh, that may make some uh, uh, people uncomfortable, but I, I'm going to say it because I believe it to be uh, true. It is my conviction. I believe that the institution of marriage preceded the church and that, uh, that first God put a couple together, it was man and wife. And there is nothing or no law that the government can do to change my opinion on that. That is my conviction. That is my belief. And I believe I ought to obey God rather than to obey man. Now, in saying so, do I love everybody? Yes, I do. I love homosexuals. I love heterosexuals. I love all everybody. But the institution of marriage is the difference. It is a certainly a godly way. Now, you choose uh, what you want to do or how you want to do it. And uh, certainly, what you do in your house is your business. And you are everybody, you had the authorization from, uh, from uh, the Isley brothers that said, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. So, but, but that's what they said, Ron Isley. But, uh, but obey God rather than man. Fifty Shades of Grace, number 10. Number 10, number 10, Romans 6 and verse 11. Roman number 6, write it down in verse 11. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through, Christ, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Reckon yourself to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Many times the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit in terms of the Holy Spirit quickens. He quickens us this. And that, simply, that term quicken simply means make alive, to come alive. The Holy Spirit quickened me to do that. He can't make me alive to the way of the Lord, but, but he made me uh, uh, deceased from and to resist the ways of the devil. Reckon yourself, that, that means, uh, reckon here means to perceive yourself, to balance out yourself. Reckoning usually was, a, was an accounting term of balancing uh, the, the receipts or balancing out things. It was an accounting term, but it, it, it simply means to to balance your life in such a way that you are dead to the sin, but alive unto the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Way to please God, same in Romans 12 and verse 
number one. And you've heard it many, many times, and know this one by heart, I'm sure. Therefore, I, pre I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, to reckon yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God, and to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God, that our bodies are the temple, a holy, uh, holy, uh, temple of the Holy Spirit, and we represent the Lord with our, our bodies. It's not, there's a certain way that uh, not, not only of action, but of a dress code that a believer ought to have that, uh, uh, that does not reveal too much. Uh, am I right? Yeah, I know I'm right, because the uh, truth is that uh, I'm a pastor, I'm a man, I'm going to tell you the truth. Every man is going to look. If I, 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 yeah, every man. Uh, every man, a real man, is going to look. He may not act, but he's going to look. And so we have to dress ourselves, ladies, accordingly to adorn ourselves in such a way. And that's why I tell the lady, I, that's why I have those little, well, little nap skirts to come in in the church. Because I, I, I tell her I want to have the nap skirt because it's not to protect the women, it's to protect me. God, I don't want to get off focus and, and lose what I was about to say. Huh? I, keep it real. <laughs> That's keeping it real. You, know, now, you don't want me up here and start celebrating stuff. Mm, so we, that's to protect me. <laughs> now, then he said, uh, number 12, number 12, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse number 20 is dealing with the same area. For, I, I must go to 19, really, 19 and 20. What know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. All belong to God. Amen. And then, number 13, am I going too fast? Or not too slow? I'm trying to pace myself. I'm trying to get a, get a pace on, because I've got 15 for tonight. And we're at number 13. We're going okay? All right, all right, here. Number 13 is 1 Corinthians 14 and verse one, follow after charity and desire spiritual gift, but rather that ye may prophesy and desire spiritual gifts. Lord, give me. I don't know what to do. Everybody has a gift. Everybody. God has gifted us all. We don't, we don't, we don't possess all of the gifts. 
but we have a gift. And what usually causes conflict in church is when someone wants to operate outside of their gift. You're gifted to do this, but you want to do that, or you want to do this and that, or you want to do all of that. Now, see, and see, God didn't, didn't give every preacher or every pastor healing ability for, to heal through prayer. He didn't do that. He didn't give every, every pastor the ability to see vision, to see forward. He gives what different gifts to different people. And pastors are, when they are overseers, recognize that different people have a different anointing. And therefore, to best utilize and best expand upon the kingdom of God to increase the harvest, if we are going to increase the kingdom, we have to maximize the gifts of others. Because you can't do everything. You don't have air gift. And, don't just, and it ain't all about me. It ain't all about you. What we are doing and the gift that we have is to serve and benefit the Lord. And so we ought to desire that. It's, script, it's in scripture. It's good to desire that God gives you a gift or that, or that he maximizes the gift that is in you that is manifested, that come forth, that come to fruition because then I am working and operating in my gift for the benefit of building the kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. To desire a spiritual gift is a good thing. Uh, number 16, also 1 Corinthians 16. We're going, we're almost concluding tonight. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse number 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men, be strong. Stand fast in the faith, in the faith, and be strong. Remember those encouraging words that, that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah when Jeremiah was a young one child. He said to him, uh, "Don't fear their faces." He said, "Be strong." In the Lord. He said, I'll tell you what to say and what to do, but you just keep the faith. Yeah, keep the faith and be strong and uh, do the works of the Lord in faith that, there, that, that, that the harvest will come if I just plant the seed and nourish it and stand fast and wait and see what the Lord does with it. And sometimes we need to encourage one another because we can get weakened. Uh, we, we, we're not withered away, but you can get weakened in spirit. And we need to encourage somebody else to say, stand fast, be strong, hold on. It won't be long. This too, whatever it is, this too shall pass. Final one tonight, 
And I was, I was um, testing it again uh, to see at, at my tempo so I know about what we can do on a given night. We're going to Ephesians chapter 4. This is number 15 of 50 Shades of great, Grace, Ways to Please God. We're at Ephesians chapter 4. Verse number 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Ways to plead God, grieve, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. What, do, what does that mean? When you grieve, when you grieve something, it means to, to uh, create an atmosphere of sadness and of sorrow and a downhearted, downtrodden. The Lord said, don't come here like that. Don't come in my house. He even said, even with death. We don't even receive death as those that have no hope. He said, no, he said, enter into my gates with thanksgiving, with singing and with praise. You ever see somebody, and I know you have, they come in the house complaining. Come in talking about somebody. Come in grumbling. Rather than being thankful that this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. It ain't nothing you can do going to bring me down. I didn't come here to worship you. I came here to worship God, and I came to worship him in spirit and in truth. So right now, brother, sister, I really don't want to hear that. I really don't want to hear what you talk about, what you did, don't have, didn't get, or what's hurting. We are coming here, this present, to, to worship God. Every opportunity we get, whether Bible school or whether it's church, and no matter how many, whether two or three yes, are gathered in the name, yes, he said, I will be right there in the midst. We have less than 10 people here tonight. But if you don't feel something going on right now, something wrong with you. Because the spirit is moving in here right now. Hmm. Hmm. I hope you'll stay with me to the conclusion of this series. We are starting with number 16 on next Wednesday. 50 Shades of Grace, Ways to Please God. Tonight, I want to also, as I close this session, want to ask everyone to be in prayer for our chairman of our deacon ministry, uh, Deacon Warren Whitfield. His brother passed away on yesterday. His older brother uh, named uh, Mike, Michael uh, in Tuscaloosa. And that's, he normally would be here with us tonight, but uh, he's there because of the family, family issues. So please consider them in your prayers. Also, uh, Ms. Tara Jenkins' mother, uh, Mary Young, uh, is being 
uh, released from a hospital, uh, a home, coming home on hospice. We ask you to pray for that family as well. Let's conclude tonight with prayer. Lord, we thank you tonight for sharing with us ways to please you. Because we want to do those things that uh, make you happy, that gives you joy, that, that you can be proud of us as your children. We thank you for your word each night, which is a light unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. We pray to the families that we have mentioned tonight, Mary Young, we pray that you would touch her body and let her know that you have not forgotten or forsaken. We pray for the family of the Whitfields, uh, all in one and all of his family members during this time, that you remind them of your confidence and your strength that you are able to provide at such a time as this. Then, God, we thank you for tonight, and we thank you for every session that we have together as believers. We want to do those things that please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, and go in peace.